Uh, thank you so much for being here with us on this day. I, I can honestly tell you that right now as I stand here, I am so incredibly overwhelmed by what I was just a part of. I, to stand down here worshiping with our kids and to glance behind me and look and see every single one of you with your hands up in the air was amazing. And even if it felt silly or different or whatever, you just don't know the impact that you have on kids when you do things like that. So thank you. Thank you for that on behalf of our kids. Thank you for, for that and, and how much that filled my heart. And thank you so much for being here on this special morning that we've set aside to celebrate our kids, to let them know how important they are to us and to give you all the opportunity to experience what we do in LifePoint Kids every single week. So as part of mixing it up, I'm here to talk to you about God's mission for us in the lives of our kids and the impact that each and every one of us can have on the adults that they will become. It's a topic that is near and dear to my heart, but in order to truly speak my heart, I need to first welcome you into it. This is me and my son Caleb. My road to becoming a mom was not quick or easy. Like so many couples, my husband Chad and I experienced the frustration and challenges of infertility. After pursuing adoption and waiting for over a year, I became pregnant with Caleb and my life changed forever. God had answered our greatest prayer and I remember the entire time that I was pregnant vowing that I would treasure every single moment of my child's life. And like every parent, I couldn't wait for all of the firsts that were just around the corner. First foods, first steps, first birthday, first haircut. Honestly, the list of firsts could go on and on and on and on. And for the first three years of Caleb's life, my Facebook page and blog was literally a massive, collection of firsts. Well, now Caleb is five. And every day is not a joyful celebration of firsts, <laughs> but often exhausting challenges that are met with well-meaning reassurances by loved ones. It's just a phase. This too shall pass. A couple of years ago, I saw a poem posted on Facebook that stuck with me and honestly has haunted my mind ever since. It's entitled, Let Me Hold You Longer. And I'd like to share that with you today. Long ago, you came to me, a miracle of firsts. First smiles and teeth and baby steps, a sunbeam on the burst. But one day, you will move away and leave to me your past, and I will be left thinking of a lifetime of your lasts. The last time that I held the bottle to your baby lips, the last time that I lifted you and held you on my hip, the last night when you woke up crying, needing to be walked, when last you crawled up with your blanket, wanting to be rocked. The last time when you ran to me, 
still small enough to hold the last time that you said you'd marry me when you grew old. Precious simple moments and bright flashes from your past would I have held on longer if I'd known they were your last? Our last adventure to the park, your final midday nap, the last time when you wore your favorite faded baseball cap, your last few hours of kindergarten, those last days of first grade, your last spat at Little League, last colored picture made. I never said goodbye to all your yesterday's long past, so what about tomorrow? Will I recognize your lasts? The last time that you catch a frog in that old backyard pond, the last time that you run barefoot across our fresh-cut lawn. Silly, scattered images will represent your past. I keep on taking pictures, never quite sure of your lasts. The last time that I comb your hair or stop a pillow fight, the last time that I pray with you and tuck you in at night. The last time when we cuddle with a book just me and you. The last time that you jump in our bed and sleep between us two. The last piano lesson, last vacation to the lake, your last few weeks of middle school, last soccer goal you make. I look ahead and dream of days that haven't come to pass, but as I do, I sometimes miss today's sweet, precious lasts. The last time that I help you with a math or spelling test, the last time when I shout that, yes, your room, it's still a mess. <laughs> the last time that you need me for a ride from here to there, the last time that you spend the night with your old tattered bear. My life keeps moving faster stealing precious days that passed. I want to hold on longer, want to recognize your lasts. The last time that you need my help with details of a dance, the last time that you ask me for advice about romance, the last time that you talk to me about your hopes and dreams, the last time that you wear a jersey for your high school team. I've watched you grow and barely notice seasons as they pass. If I could freeze the hands of time, I'd hold on to your lasts. For come some bright fall morning, you'll be going far away. College life will beckon in a brilliant sort of way. One last hug, one last goodbye, one quick and hurried kiss, one last time to understand just how much you'll be missed. I'll watch you leave and think how fast our time together passed. Let me hold on longer, God, to every precious last. In a few weeks, Caleb will be heading to kindergarten. And more than ever, I'm feeling the weight of these words. And I know that this will only intensify with every year that goes by. You see, the time that we have with our kids is not unlimited. In this jar, there are 936 marbles because there are 936 weeks that we have with our children from the day they are born until the day that they graduate high school. 
936 weeks. 936 weeks to impact a child's life and who they will be as an adult. So what does God want us to do with this time? To understand this, we are going to take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 22. Right now, we're going to have some folks coming down the aisle with Bibles. Feel free to take one or follow along on the screen. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. So the Bible tells us that we are to walk in the ways of God, teaching our children about him in everything that we do. These are challenging words. But Jesus helps us to make sense of them. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 14 to 15, when he tells his disciples, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. He placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them before they left. You see, Jesus, like always, models for us the way of God. He shows us that if we are to create disciples of our young people, we must draw them near. Now, it's funny because when you see images of how artists have depicted this scene in the Bible, it generally looks something like this. Now, if you could see a close-up of this picture, you would see that this is the image of Jesus surrounded by well-behaved, well-dressed, sublimely happy children. Okay, this is what all your kids look like, right? All the time. Teens in the room, this is the look on your face that you have like every day, right? Always smiling, always happy, just totally respectful at all times, right? You know, sometimes as I read the Bible, I try to picture the scene of what is going on. And in this case, I wonder, is it possible that the disciples began rebuking the parents for taking their kids close to Jesus because perhaps these kids were not quite as angelic as artists have depicted them to be. Here, let's think about it this way. How many of you have ever tried to endure the stress of a family photo? It's fun times, right? We love it. It's great. Uh, when you take a look at my Facebook page, I have hundreds of these. But you know what? Facebook lies, because for every smiling picture that you see, there are about a hundred outtakes that look something like what this family's attempt at a family picture looks like. <laughs> the truth is, 
A look at kids and family reveals a nature that is much more messy. And some days in my own life, many days, many days in my own life, it looks more like this. <laughs> messy. Really, really messy. And yet Jesus said, let the children come to me. He didn't say, let all the happy, well-dressed, well-behaved, perfect children come to me. He embraced the messiness of what was to invest in God's plan for what they could be. Jesus modeled for us exactly how we teach children to walk in the ways of God at home, on the road, when we are going to bed, and when we are getting up. And you know what it is? It's embrace their messiness. Because with every messy moment comes a last. Each phase that a child goes through only happens once. So what if we really did treasure every moment with our children as a unique opportunity to invest in the adults we want them to become? Imagine the impact we could make if we consistently did just a few things every day to live out this mission. First and most importantly, love our children. Love them with words, love them with actions. Love them when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're angry, when they're defiant, when they're defeated, and when they're proud. And do this by being physically and mentally present in their lives on a consistent basis. Now, I don't know about any of you, but this is hard for me. In our society, with all of our technology, it's so hard to do this, to turn off our devices and turn our attention fully to our children. But I'll tell you, last week I took a family vacation and my husband and I were pretty much forced to unplug from all technology. And the result was amazing. Hard at first, but amazing. Because we were all able to be fully present in each other's lives. And I'm so grateful for having that time Another little story, this past, this weekend, I went and saw the Minions movie. Now, if you love the Minions, okay, that's okay. It's okay if you love the Minions. But um, it was not the best movie I've ever seen. It was an hour and 40 minutes of Minions talking in Minion language. But as I was sitting there watching this movie, I turned and I looked at Caleb and he was beaming from ear to ear. And when we left, he said, that was awesome, mommy and daddy, I loved it, thank you so much. And I realized, embrace the things that are important to our children, no matter how silly they may seem. Because in doing that, it helps our kids to know how much they matter to us. And finally, make time. Make time to eat together, pray together, play together, and yes, rest together. Show up unexpectedly in ways that reflect the heart of Jesus. Invest in our children, all children. Whether you're parents or not, whether you're teens or adults, invest in them for the people you want them to become while loving them 
for the people they are. I'm going to say that again. Invest in kids for the people you want them to become while loving them for the people they are. Because that's what God does for all of us, isn't it? God, our Father, invests in us as the people he created us to be while loving us for the messy, imperfect people that we are. Let's do the same for our kids. Embrace every single phase because all too soon, the next one is here.